you know? And we're rolling. Hey, Nick, usually, actually, it's just, I remember this. Usually we do an intro mm. about the guest okay, in well, front of the guest. Great. Yeah, this is what's been happening lately, and I love it, frankly. Um, well, first of all, I want to say rolling is actually, you might not know this because you're a couple years older than me, but it's... Um, just a couple. It's a term uh, for being on uh, Molly, MDMA, ecstasy. I'm rolling. So if you're... You know, which is interesting. Oh, is that what that Limp Biscuit song was no, about? No, but I think it maybe it was. Maybe that's where it comes from, you know? Or it could be, um, like, uh, based on um, your, your high on the ecstasy, so you want to roll doobies. Okay. So it's... Uh, today's guest is uh, from the band Effed Up. You can say Fucked Up. Uh, it's a podcast. We're not... Um, today's guest on is television. a... Uh, is, is a uh, at this point, he's maybe co-hosted the show I mean, more than I have. Yeah, I mean, he Whoa, is don't get too enthusiastic. one guest <laughs> who has been on the podcast more uh, times than anyone else, except for you, except for me. because you're kind of the co-host, sort of. He has that distinction. He <laughs> is the first member of the Black Coffee Brigade. Yeah. And then we can talk about him singing in Fucked Up. Um, but, I mean, the Black Coffee Brigade, that's <laughs> The Wrestlers, he hosted, hosts uh, the Vice television show, The Wrestlers. Yeah. Which is a um, superb yes. television show. Um, I know I'm missing something. Turned Out a Punk is his podcast. Yeah. And turnt is actually also a saying people do now about be- being partying hard. Turnt? So, turnt Out a Punk, yes. Great podcast. Wow. Like, so, so it's kind of like party like a punk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pipe in, but like, uh, what did you okay. say my name? So let let let's uh, do the Austin Powers thing. Zip it. Let's hit. The, let's hit. The, let's it. hit. Let's hit the theme song. <laughs> the Tango Joe's podcast is the best around. Nick Flynn and Kenneth Tango's go out to love for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes jam it in from fucked up. Stop playing hang down, down. Hey, we're back, and yes, sometimes Damien from Fucked Up hangs out too, and here you are, Damien. Oh, it's Great good to be to, back. Yeah, and it's good to hear your voice uh, having to sit there. It's torturous. It's Listening weird. to Nick talk about you it's, and get everything wrong of you in front of you. It's not even that he's talking about you, it's about he's, the fact that he's not talking about you. You're like, but this might be an introduction. <laughs> like, what are we... Then I took it to Zip It. I took it to an Austin Powers 1 and 2 reference. You know? There's probably something in 3 he does as well. And here's where I'm going to bring all what you said into what I do. Mm. Uh, turnt, you know, turned down for what? The uh, Lil John song? Was yeah. that what it's called? Yeah. He was a punk rocker. Hardcore I actually was just watching Boom. Uh, Hip Hop Evolution the other week, and yes, he talked about that, and it blew my mind. Yep. And just like everything in music, sometimes when big musicians, and you realize where they're coming from, you suddenly have this whole other vibe with them. Not that I ever hated Lil John, but I, I kind of was part of that. Yeah, I started a whole podcast about it, Nick. Yeah, turned out a punk. Turned out a punk. It's it's mainly a, a, a lot about people who've moved on in their life, but they started with punk. As Nick a, was on it. History. I've been on it. Yes, twice. Yeah. I haven't been on it twice. You think we're on twice, right? No, no, I don't. I think that we were all talking about doing it. Yeah, we got to do that. Mm. 
and we didn't. Yet. I've actually had my phone running. I'm just going to put this up before Danko does. So I'm going to feed him. <laughs> no, I thought about that too today. I was like, oh, you know, I could get an episode in the can if I just also use this. You don't even need to record it. Yes, he's going to be on. Steal Wait for but it. But I want to I put it out just before he drops it. Yeah. Um, I tag him on the IG post about it. <laughs> Surprise, guys. <laughs> I mean, I look, I feel like a lot of the people you have on Turned Out of Punk, Turned Out of Punk, are uh, are, are known punk rockers who remained yep. in relatively some, in punk rock. But then not some, always. No, some guests, if I may speak on yep. your podcast's behalf, are people, those are, those are, you know, interesting to me because I'm in that position too mm-hmm. where they have... A history with punk and you might not have even realized it yeah like the one for me that shocked me the most is probably michael ian black uh right from uh i'm what on american summer i was and, uh, gonna say i'm in the middle of watching that movie yeah what a, a classic but he yeah, classic. classic movie and stella and all that sort of stuff but he uh played in a punk band and the lead singer of that punk band was tim shaw former rodeo sick of it all former singer of ensign and oh, they had a hardcore band together that would have played shows in New Jersey. Well, that's very interesting, yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, uh, you know, and you were talking about having John Daly on the podcast, and you know, that was when I first met that dude. I think he he mentioned that his brothers were like in punk bands, brother, and then yeah. I actually met one of his brothers a bit later, and he was uh, hard, hard he was hardcoreish guy. <laughs> was it Austin? His oldest brother must be Austin. Maybe it, it was John's birthday, and it was like he's uh, Matt and Austin. Matt played in kind of like a more. I think it was Matt. Okay, Matt. Yeah. Matt played in the band that was like more Don Caballero kind of scene. Pittsburgh, where where uh, oh what a city where John Daly's from. It's so much punk. Yeah, it's wild. And when you really start digging down to it, to it, Jesse Michaels, lead singer of Operation Ivy, mm-hmm. moved with his father to Pittsburgh before he started Operation Ivy and played in a bunch of metal and hardcore bands in Pittsburgh. Like you know? when you say metal, do you mean like actual legit made, metal? No, made of metal. Well, yeah, probably they were made of metal. <laughs> yeah, they're made of the, the solid metal, Nick. That's how you know. Uh, uh, but anyway, a lot of stuff from Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, um, Roland, the song that you're talking about, uh, the Limp Bizkit Limp song, Bizkit. maybe their best song, was used by The Undertaker of course, in yeah. the WWF when he became the American Badass, his biker yeah. character. Yeah, but then it was really? the song American yeah. Badass by Kid Rock. And then it became, came, came yeah. in pretty quick. Uh, but yeah. Um, I prefer Limp Biscuit uh, pref- to Kid Rock. Uh, yeah, I think I have I think to prefer I, I Kid Rock. Okay, I'm going to sample Rock, that. Like, it's, it's no, because Kid Rock's <laughs> early, like that's the thing, Nick knows, Kid Rock's a, a career in three parts. Yeah. Right? Like you have Kid Rock now, this horrible yeah, caricature right, of yeah, everything yeah. that's wrong with society. He's yeah, just yes, a mess. Yes. Yeah. You know? Know? And that's staying in the but he's important. Yeah. But yeah. he's important to note. Well, you yeah. know, because like he represents something real in America that's very confused, mm. <laughs> very annoying, right, right. and, you know, just what it is, you but, know? And, and you yeah. and you clearly, being like an 80s rap fan, and I'm sure you are, know about when he used to wear his hair up. Yeah. And he started as Kid Rock, right? Yeah, yeah. Went on tour with Ice Cube and yo Yodeling Yo-Yo. in the Valley. I never knew Yodeling that in the guy valley. would end up telling uh, Colin Kaepernick to F off. No, no. No, and, uh, I mean, the fact is, this guy's drunk. But the funny thing about Kid Rock is that he charges low concert prices. That's yeah. the one interesting, that's this thing about is that a, are you being, That's his thing. Is that a bit? That's one of his things. That's that one of his, really? He wants everyone to be able to go. Yeah. 
You know, so it's just like, and, and you know. But it's probably sponsored by like the most evil sinister <laughs> Right, yeah. It's to keep sp- the ticket price low. Yeah. It's not even sponsored by, uh, um, what's the name of that? Halliburton or, uh, no. or, or Blackwater. It's, it's sponsored by like the version of that from Grand Theft Auto, Meriwether. <laughs> you know? It's sponsored by the actual chemical DDT. <laughs> like it's sponsored by Mercury, the substance. <laughs> sponsored but, by like... The rising temperatures in the Arctic. <laughs> See, but my favorite period of Kid Rock is the period that falls in between. And to me... Yeah, it's, Red Devil Without a Cause, baby. Well, yeah, and it starts when you picked up that issue of Grand Royal in like 1998 that had an article about this former white rapper who's now doing something that's kind of raging against the machine influence called right. Kid Rock. And I right. read this whole article about him. And then kind of from there, he would just pop up in the weirdest places. Like, he would show up on... Do you ever watch the White Rapper Show? No. He was yeah. on the White Rapper Show? Yeah, when they go to Detroit. You never saw the White Rapper Show? No. Oh, you gotta watch it. That was it. also another weird era where that amazing magazine, Ego Trip, yeah. had this level of I power Ego just Trip. because they were the only... Like really, really, really in depth rap uh, publication. So they did the White Rapper Show, I believe, right? Yeah, they did it, and they did a, a couple of other hip hop related. I think they only shows. did one. The um, uh, female rapper was the next season. Yeah, they did like a, a search oh, for like a the, woman. These are like themed uh, reality, reality shows. shows, but they were incredible. First of all, White Rappers hosted by MC Search. Oh, I love MC Search. I know. I thought I would get you with that. It also features cred. Brand Nubian reaming out this group of kids about wow. white privilege. Where do I find <laughs> this? Where do I get? Where do I watch this? I'm sure it's on YouTube. Yeah, it's in- unbelievable. Like yeah. the one, the first day. I don't mean black, but this one white rapper. She she says the N word. No, right. I mean no. Yeah, it's very bad. They make her wear the white privilege <laughs> necklace for the rest of the episode. That's like this, like dookied out, comically large chain that says "privilege" on it. And, and Brand Nubian does that. No, no, no. This is what they, the show producers, oh. make her do. And that's Brand Nubian's just in one episode. I mean, because this would be like two thousand and two or yeah. something. Yeah, no, it's right? it's early on for people to be Talking in mainstream privilege. culture. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was. I was going to ask you what year it's, was this. It's awesome, and this is one. That sounds amazing. Uh, this one rapper whose like whole thing is like I can't. He has this one saying over and over again, like about the ghetto. He's like, blah, 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 ghetto, blah, blah, ghetto. And he's saying it to Grand Pooba and Sadat X. Oh and eventually Pooba's just like, and just lays into this dude. <laughs> and goes, it's just like. I gotta tell you, I don't like what you do. <laughs> no, Sadat X is chill about the whole thing. Sadat X is no, just that kinda, was my Grand Pooba. Yeah. But they both kind of sound yeah, similar. Okay, I thought it was Sadat Where's X. Lord Jamar in all this? Because he's, he's sitting. If you've seen yeah. the DJ Vlad videos, I, all he does ever is sit. But there's like, I, I love Lord Jamar. He's like he's one of my favorite rappers. Yeah. But he's got like. You know, I have to put it on the table. Questionable lyrics too. Like, well, so does Grant Pooba, and so does Sadat X. Yeah, yeah. Brand Nubian like, is a high is yeah, one of the yeah. most frustrating groups because it's they're like, amazing. The, but that yeah. album, uh, the 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 what was it? Um, the one uh, one for all, all for one or whatever. It's like the reunion album. No, the first, the first one. The first oh one, my yeah. god, it's so amazing. The reunion was incredible. Too. No, no, they have quite a few. Like when Lord Jamar kind of like. When Pooba was out and you had punks jump up to get beat down, but the lyrics, there's just like yeah, homophobic. Well, that's yeah, like yeah, yeah, such yeah. a big homophobic. part of it's, it. It's yeah. like when you're listening you know? to uh, Liquid Swords and you're like into it, into it, and then there's that song about women w- w- who have abortions, and you're like, oh, whoa, this I is don't so even weird. remember that. There's, song. there's crazy lyrics with Wu Tang and all, but those, you know, it all, rela- it, all it relates to, to a lot obviously. of different stuff. Like it relates to a lot of 
theories of uh, you know black, black Americans, and it's like the, no. <laughs> How about I mean, RZA's song "Domestic Violence"? Yeah. Have you heard yeah. that album? That I mean, I'm, I mean, it's about what people see. It's about what they go through. But it's about the people who are in the neighborhood helping, who often were you know five percent nation or nation of Islam. So it's like I don't know. I'm not trying. When but, I said theories of African Americans, I don't mean like I mean like literally how it goes. Still, the idea of Brand Nubian reaming these uh, white rappers out is hilarious. It's Here an amazing for it. show. It is an amazing. It has some incredible cameos. They go to Detroit and yeah. they meet up with Kid Rock. But the best okay. Kid Rock appearance ever. Yeah. Ever in all media is on the Doctor Phil. I believe it's the 500th episode, maybe it's the 300th episode, where I and I own a DVD of this. I think you can watch part of it on YouTube. It's so not, it turns out you're like big in dude, this guy. So it, to set it up for you, Jay Leno is dressed like Doctor Phil, and he's like, "Well, Doctor Phil, we got another surprise for you. We have your favorite singer in the whole world here, Doctor Phil." explodes with excitement. You mean, oh my God, he's here? And he's like, that's right, Phil. Ladies and gentlemen, Kid Rock. Kid Rock comes out, mm. does a song about being a pimp in the West or something. I really don't know the name of the song. I think that sounds like Cowboy. You're I think, it was, about, I think yeah. that sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> does the whole song acoustic. It keeps cutting back to Dr. Phil, who's dancing. It gets to a part where he swears. They cut back to, and he self-censors. It cuts back to Dr. Phil, who goes, looks at his wife or the producer off air and goes, like knowing the word is going to be a swear word coming up. His son's there wearing a suit jacket that for some reason is covered in patches like a NASCAR, right? And his son's Which wrapping son? along. The oldest one, not the punk like one. Like Kid Rock's son or, or Dr. Phil. Dr. Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil is a punk rock kid too, oh, but, yeah? but that's a separate <laughs> thing. And then at the end, it goes, Dr. Phil runs up on stage when he's done the song and just grabs Kid Rock by the arm like he's not going to let him go. And he's like, you know I'm your biggest fan. And Dr. And, and Kid Rock's like, yeah, I only did this because I heard you were going to give me some therapy. And he's like, well, because I followed your career from the beginning in Detroit, I know you need the therapy. And then he's just like <laughs> holding him there. As he well, legally, I can't do it because now you've... I'm, I'm not a I'm doctor. Such a, I'm not a doctor. I've been a fan of yours for a long time. But and then 20 years later, he calls Kid Rock. He's like, there's this rapper, Bod, baby. Cash me outside, girl. You've got to mentor her. <laughs> I wonder if he gets a piece of her career. As a discovery, find you know, I, you know that the society is in an interesting place. When like I, I've checked out her recent songs. Like she's, she's huge. She's pretty talented. She's like yeah. she's actually better at rapping. And her songs are like pretty good by modern hip hop standards for whatever. Did you ever see the Doctor Phil's family? They were like the Doctor Phil family. We took a family under his wing and just ruined them. Like drove them into the ground. Like they meet some and like. One of the kids is pregnant. By the time they finish, like, both of them are pregnant. The parents are getting divorced. <laughs> like, it's just like the Dr. Phil family. Like, this, this was on his television On his show. show. It was like I a mean, meltdown. I mean, we watched over... the whole Dr. Phil arc where it started and Oprah's like, I really, really, you know, this guy's magic. And then 20 years later, it's like, he's basically, you know. Like Jerry Springer. A laughing stock, yeah. And then, but what I was going to say, to just move it into... Still a related and still very interesting to quite a few of your uh, audience members' topic. Sorry. Is, uh, no, I'm not. That was not a passive aggressive. No, I wasn't apologizing to you. I was apologizing to the listeners because I put my cup down too hard. Yeah. Well, we're the black coffee brigades. So yeah, exactly. Gotta You're going to hear coffee some coffee cups. cups landing hard on the table. It's just how we roll around here. That's uh, what happened. I've been revisiting, and this is on YouTube, Flavor of Love Season 3. 
how is this more on topic than anything I've been talking about? No, I'm not. No, no, no. No, I'm saying it's on topic. It's on. It's on the topic relating to television and shows. Okay, yes, yeah, so and it's TV. Fine. We're talking about that. No, 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 no. You misunderstood what I said. Earlier. Okay, go on. I was saying I'm keeping it on that topic. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Way. I thought yes. you were like saying like I want to keep it more into what Danko's listeners care no. about. I, what, no, 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 no. No, what what I was saying was I will continue to keep it off topic, okay. off preferred topic. And uh, who is Flavor of Love season? Three? Is it Flavor Flav? Yeah, did they switch up to Tommy Lee, or did they change? No, the name? they they did the rock, rock one and the rap oh, one. Yeah. They were my current. Basically. Brett Michaels uh, of Poison. Because you can only look for love for so long until the contestants are like, you know what, this guy's damaged good. He's looking for love in all the wrong places. Yes, and uh, the first season had some sort of a uh, pants accident scene. Hoops one. Hoops one. And then uh, there was another star. What's her name? Well, was New York it? became yeah, a star. Sorry, New York. New York. Yeah, I remember. And the I third that. one isn't a New York season, but it's amazing. And uh, it's you know turn your brain off. But it's really cool watching reality TV from that era and seeing how much it informed everything that's happened since. And also, it's really interesting because Flavor Flav is <laughs> that's what it is. There's no A. It's Flavor. <laughs> flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. That's what they said on the show all the time. Right. But he is like really important in music. He is, he is part of an amazing thing. And, you know, if you had Public Enemy without Flavor Flav, what do you even have? Public Enemy today. Is he, he not in them he, at all? He quit Public Enemy really? a few years back. Yeah. He's you know, not in Public Enemy. You know, my Public Enemy story, I've told you this, right? Where, oh, uh, no. where Fucked Up was going to go on a cross Canada tour. With, with Public Enemy? Oh, wow. my God. That <laughs> would be amazing. Professor Griff, baby. Yeah, it was like... Yeah, how would you do that? It yeah. was going to be an interesting tour for us. So we got... We heard Chuck D want us to do a tour with him. Uh, he, uh, he's one of my heroes. Yeah, he's like, absolutely. Like, you know, and he he was in... Um, said Rump Shaker fanzine with his mom. Do you remember Rump Shaker zine no, in the 90s? No, Eric Rump Shaker's no. thing. An incredible zine. He would interview artists with their moms. And okay. so he did Ian McKay with his mom. I think he did Walter Schreifels with his mom. Okay. And he did Flavor. And he, sorry, he, did, he did Chuck D with his mom. I don't Flavor Flavor with his mom would also be an amazing interview. Um, but so I like I knew he was, and I like he took Sisters of Mercy on tour, and I knew he was like vaguely in a punk rock stuff. Wow, so weird. they Public reached, Enemy and Sisters of Mercy on tour. Yeah, I, don't, I, think it was, I think it was Chuck D solo. Oh, well, and Sisters of Mercy I, on I'd tour. I go to that. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's like <laughs> into some like you know stuff that you wouldn't expect type mm-hmm. thing. Um, Sonic Youth. Yes, Anyone? Sonic Youth, absolutely. So he reached out to us through our booking agent, or they, their booking agent, and was like, wow. just fucked up, wanted to do a tour with us. And we we were like, wow, it sounds really interesting, but let's let's try a show first and see how it goes, right? So we did a show together just outside of um, Greensboro, North Carolina, right. like uh-huh. in this club. And so we show up. And he and I actually did an interview ahead of that tour because we were both playing some festival the night before, like Public Enemy, who were doing both uh, – they were doing like – I forget what the set. It was crazy set. It was like an anniversary type tour type thing. Right. And so uh, we, you know, we did an interview together. Like someone interviewed the two of us and he was like, mm-hmm. oh – you know, told me like when he bought our record, like all this shit. This is blowing my mind. I'm holding my son, who's screaming wow. at the time too. It was like crazy stuff. too much to take in. And then so we meet up at the show. We get there early, and we're like 
we're going to fucking hang with Public Enemy today. It's going to yeah. be the best day of our yeah, lives. Yeah. Yeah. So we get there. Best one W's, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, get, we get there first, and the first thing we're told, we get there, we go to where our dressing room is, and the promoter's like, hey, so the S1W's uh, are not allowed to dress with the band, so they've taken your dressing room. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, we're like Public Enemy. And then he's like, yeah, and about the catering and hospitality budget, uh, Public Enemy's tour manager took the whole thing and said, if you wanted to come see him. And he's looking at us from across the room like, I fucking dare you to ask for some of this money. So we're like, okay, fine. We don't give a fuck. We're playing with Public Enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we find out that everyone else on the bill had paid to be on the bill, right? <laughs> Except for us and this artist that's on tour with Public Enemy. And MC so, Paul Berman? No, I forget. There, it was a group of female MCs. They were amazing. And I Doggies Angels. I couldn't know. And I can't remember the name of the group. Um, but they were like, so we were like sitting around backstage. And then no one shows, right? Like right, It's very course. empty. Yeah. And oh. so there's people that are like losing their minds backstage because they've spent all their money to get this slot, you know? And we're just like, this is brutal. What year is this? 2010, 2009? No yeah. one showed up to the gig. No one showed up to the gig. Nah, Public Enemy... It's like that was in that gray zone of yeah. time, you know, where if you had Public Enemy on a festival, they're nowhere near the top of that festival, That's you know? It's crazy. like Well, they did headline South by Southwest around then, and it sold it out, but it was a free show. Yeah. I think it's also one of those things where, you know, it was an expensive ticket. It was kind of out of town. Maybe, you know. It was like in the Carolina, so it was sort of a secondary market Secondary market type thing. Uh, and then, but then still no Public Enemy. So we're still like, well, wow. we're going to meet them. We're going to meet them. Like, we have to meet them. They have to come for our set, right? Yeah. So we play to a smattering of people that had shown up to see Fucked Up. Right. And then yeah. a bunch of people that were just waiting for Public Enemy had right. no interest in who yeah. we were doing. Sure. Oh, but I had God. a fun time. You know, it was a fun set, but yeah. no Public Enemy. And then so we're sitting outside, and uh, eventually Flavor Flav rolls up, walks in with wow. two bags of fast food, and just, like, walks in the dressing room. Yeah. And then uh, into your dressing room, they they had their own. Okay. They were not dressing anywhere near. No, we were we had no dressing room. We were like hanging out with all the oh. punters just in the backstage side stage. All these artists that paid on, and then <laughs> Chuck T shows up, looks over, nods hello, walks right into the dressing room, and now. Years later, I must have, you know, I know it must have felt fucking terrible to show up at that show and know that's the vibe. So no wonder you didn't want to hang out with us, but it still was like the most deflating moment for this whole tour was basically built around this hang with Chuck D that we're going to have. And that was the hang with (laughs) Chuck D. You can never, you can never base something on that, that. Yeah, so, that, suffice to say, we didn't do can, the Canadian tour. Yeah, you can base something obviously on like the way the first show goes, mm-hmm. but I would say like some guy shows up and nods at you. It's like, isn't that the dream? You know, <laughs> as a dream. performer, <laughs> that you just nod at someone and go into a I'm room. on the phone with Chuck D, and he knows who I am. Yeah, that's the fucking dream. Like, yeah, you I don't want to sound like this sounds super ungrateful the way I told this story, and like but, I'm bitter. I'm not bitter at all. Everything about this was perfect. No, like, I'm, yeah. but that hap- that that whole backstage thing happened after you had done. Those interviews together yeah. and yeah, and just a nod, just a nod. Yeah, no, just, I agree. It's weird, but it's also like imagine the self. Chef D, though I don't, I don't like. like imagine what does he fucking owe Damien Abraham. No, like, I you know, know, but I, I, I mean, uh, it was weird. It was definitely weird. I, I've been watching a lot of uh, hip hop documentaries lately, though. Hip hop evolution, new season, really good, made by uh, the you know banger film Rodrigo. Shout out to my yeah. friend Rodrigo and and Darcy. also great... uh, the the I had to get YouTube Premium. And 
there's G Funk documentary on YouTube Premium, and it's not like the best documentary in the world, but I did enjoy it. You know, and, you know that was it was cool seeing the DOC, uh, and it was cool seeing. Um, it's very Warren G heavy, which I think is great to see Warren G get like some attention. You know, beyond just I don't know. You hear he's drunk or something or singing regulated karaoke. It's like he did a lot. It sounds like, and he was shut out of Death Row. You know, yeah. When they got all got signed, he had an amazing uh, follow up record too. His comeback kind of record, which was like a super hard. I remember the video where it was like a mosh pit going on. It was like one of the first times I've seen a mosh pit in a Warren rap video. G? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like it was like around. Fuck! It was like two thousands ninety nine kind of period. I gotta find. It was after you know, and it was it was a great video. Yeah, there were some hard (laughs) records by the that crew. There were like corrupt streets as a mother. Yeah, it's like a quiet, uh, uh, you know, classic. Unfortunately, you know, corrupt might be a little sketchy, but uh, DOC. Oh, no one can do it better. It's such a masterpiece. You know, one of Dr. Dre's best productions. how much money do you think you spend on streaming shit? I was going to get to this because, like, you remember when everyone's like, oh, we got to get rid of cable. Cable's so expensive. Let's go to this new system. I've been thinking about this too, man. Just not even cable stuff because now you have to add in, like, oh, I have a ten- like Dropbox and yeah. iCloud. So you have all these storage things you're paying for. And then, yeah, I well, let's see. YouTube Premium would be $12 a month, right? Spotify's about twelve the same. bucks a month. Yeah, like how that. much? How much content do they post? Not a lot, honestly. You're paying twelve dollars a month, so you can play videos that you don't need the image for on your phone, like it's a Spotify. And I think yeah. you might get YouTube Music, but that might even be separate. I mean, it is messed. And then Spotify is that yeah, much. Netflix is that much. And there's Crave and Well, once Prime you get into that on Disney, stuff, Disney. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about very, very similar uh, cost-wise in the end to have a setup that is like, you know, uh, cable TV, yeah. which is why people still have cable TV. Yeah. And cable TV yeah. sucks now, though. Have you watched? My, well, we have it over <laughs> at the, the, the Casa. It sucks. It's terrible. You don't like watch. Don Lemon? Yeah, like Tom Lemon. I watch CNN a lot. Is he gonna go on? Are Does you... he have his own sitcom? <laughs> no, the one I my most favorite my my most favorite worst Lemon in. Who's the one? Running who's the guy breakfast. that was like? Who's the guy who's like their main dude? Cuomo. Oh, Andrew Cuomo. Oh, yeah, Andrew Cuomo. What a nightmare. Oh my gosh. You heard about when he got confronted and called Fredo, and it was yeah, all about yeah. like that's the N word anti- to me. Yeah, Fredo's the N word because yeah, he yeah. was a rat or whatever. Or yeah. a guy he turned on his family. He he is amazing. Like I watched. I remember even like first time I saw him, he was like Obama was taking him on a tour, and Obama's <laughs> like, "We need to start thinking about the positive things in the world." And mm-hmm. he's like, "You know what I'm doing to be more positive? I'm doing this segment on my new show where I highlight something positive every day." And Obama's like, well, that's swell, young man. Like, it was just like the most patronizing. He's like, dude, I am just so above this fucking interview. Why but am I doing meanwhile, that? Meanwhile, it's kind of like, you know, his last name is like a big part well, that's of why. why he's in this. But then again, I mean, he is like a, a personality, I guess. But I think it's pretty easy to be a personality when you've got like amazing like pecs. schooling yeah. and pecs and I really you know like I honestly think any one of us would be better suited for that job having well, never read the news in our lives <laughs> if I were on that job I'd be this would be my impression of, of okay all right so you be, you uh Dinko you be Obama and I'll be Andrew Cuomo <laughs> welcome back to the Andrew Cuomo show on the CNN network 
We have our guest today is uh, the former president. Some people still want him to be president. His name, of course, as you may know him, is uh, Barack Obama. And uh, how are you today? Good. Why am I Obama? <laughs> I was going to say, why did he make you be Obama? Would you rather? <laughs> Damien, would you rather be Obama? I think it would have spared you this moment. See, now we've hit a paradox, right? It's like, what, you get the person... You don't get, you know, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I just think based on personality-wise, which one of us is more likely to have... Okay, now I be Obama and you here? interview me. No, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere near this <laughs> Okay. Well, I want to let you know I think that Bernie Sanders is a kook. And uh, <laughs> I think uh, we can't go too fast. And uh, what else is there? What, what are you doing right now, Nick? I'm doing, doing Obama <laughs> 2020. Oh, I see, I see. Sounded kind of like Hillary, though. Well, that's an interesting thing about what happened in the end, isn't it? Anyway. Uh, I love doing this show. So would you endorse, let's say he ran for pre- he'd gotten the nomination, would you endorse Beto O'Rourke? President Punk? Yeah, based yeah, on you're, his Yeah, you're a big uh, Beto aspect. guy, right? <laughs> Not politically, no, no, no. Oh, but I just because because of his punk rock past. Yeah, because yeah. I think it would be hilarious. Because like by presidential decree, he could do whatever he wants. So he'd be like, "Oh, Fugazi reunion on the on the law. We're going to make it just like it was back in the '90s." And they're like, "Actually, we don't really want to do this. We don't really agree with your politics." He's like, signs into law, holds it up like Trump does, like Fugazi reunion. He's holding it up, smiling to the camera. He's like, "That's uh, a gif." Mandatory ebullition records for everyone in their school. And you know, like, this reminds me of a band named Shelter. Yeah. Some, some of the things they stood <laughs> you know, for. You know, he went on tour one time in Canada. Haas, which was his band with um, Cedric from At The Drive-In. Okay. Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, Beto O'Rourke. They, they, they toured Canada with uh, Placebo. Feist band. Uh, so in the room, wait, you, Feist was in that pl- the, the, the bank, other placebo. The, 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 the where they so this is I think they were Edmonton, right? This Edmonton is Placebo? way early. This is like oh, yeah. early nineties. Oh yeah, this is pre Feist broken social scene, pre Feist self release. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. these are like first stuff. They yeah. went on tour together. So like in these rooms, can you imagine how few people went to see this tour across yeah. Canada? Right. It, like it would break. Most people. Like 15 people some nights? So in that room with 15 people, you have the person that wrote one, two, three, four. Right. You've got the guy from Mars Volta <laughs> at the drive-in and a fucking presidential candidate. So right. next time yeah, you're on a yeah, shitty yeah, DIY yeah. show, right. DIY show, make friends with everyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? That's that true. Thought, that exact that. thought has, has occurred to me. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, I wonder who's going to, you know, who's going to be a big thing in this small group of... 14 people watching the show. I mean, you knew Bryce uh, Belden, uh, Piss Pig Grandpa himself, yep. would uh, yeah, become sort of a celebrity. <laughs> I, thought they were, I thought we were going to hear about him in the news, but probably for other reasons at certain points. <laughs> <laughs> you know about that dude, right? Who, which dude? I didn't Bryce, catch Bryce uh, from the band War, War Crime. Crime years ago. No. That Max Rock and Roll scribe. Yeah, like... he had a column, I guess, in, in Maximum Rock and Roll, and uh, he wound up, a Bay Area guy, he, he wound up... Uh, Joining like sort of the communist uh, militia that was fighting ISIS in in Syria, and sort of I think Kurdish. contributed, okay. yeah, uh, to to um, that like there's like this sort of utopian sort of attempt that was happening society wise in. 
that war at one point. I don't know. You, it, you know what it, I well, kind of. It was almost like the, that. Rojava was people, that what it was yeah, called? I, I think, think people are going to yeah. look back upon that as being almost like the Spanish Civil War of our time, where you hear stories about like all these intellectuals going over to fight fascism in the Spanish Civil War, right? And like this was like kind of the same sort of thing, where like a lot of people signed up that were like otherwise not necessarily even military type people, mm-hmm. militaristic type people, but were like this is a chance to confront. You know, and the and the the army that he was a part of, I think it's I think it's the Kurdish militia, but I, like yeah. they're probably like an actual proper name. But it was like gender parity, like just like yeah. sort of like a really utopian version of like an army, an army if there could be <laughs> such a thing. But oh, he was a hardcore wow. kid. He used to come to shows. Yeah. The other one I think about all the we time. We played with them in 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 Oakland at a funeral at, at a benefit for a kid who had uh, k- killed himself just recently at a house show, and he the one thing he t- has tweeted at me. Uh, since his his fame was remember when we played a benefit for a dead kid. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. He's so he's he's, 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 he's quite a, a sardonic. Type. Type. He was like the Jim Goad of the MRR scene for a while. Yeah. But okay. what were you gonna say? But I was gonna say the the one who's the biggest is the biggest star any of us know is Manny Matheson. Yeah. Sure. I like I'll show I'll show up in different places and people will be like, Yo, you work for Vice? Do you know Maddie? Have you met Maddie? And it's like. <laughs> It's 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 organic. It's completely something that's happened kind of like naturally, but you look at it now and he's like Is he really that huge? Dude, it's insane. He's got his record came out this year on Roadrunner. What? He's got what a rec- is it what kind of record? It's a cookbook about? record. He's reading recipes. A cookbook record with like ASMR? What do you what do you mean reading recipes? It's a spoken word. Yeah, thing? dude, it's a spoken on word. Roadrunner on Roadrunner. Is it called I Blow Minds for a Living? I can't remember. <laughs> Two. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but I think it might be called Maddie Matheson's Cookbook, but Maddie Matheson's something. Um, it's great. It, it comes with a zine with all the recipes in it. Right. Uh, but it's just him reading the, his re- the yeah. recipes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I saw him do a performance at Maddie Fest. Yeah. And it oh. was unlike any spoken word performance I'd ever seen. Like, he went out there with no script, just just went out there and just, like, just like said whatever came to his head. And I, it was over like fucking Ultimate Warrior saving Hogan at Mania. Like people were like <laughs> living and dying for it. You know what was he saying? Uh, How do you uh, hold an audience? Like no that? justice, no peace. This type no, of stuff. Yeah, like that was. He definitely said that. He started out by shouting a person we both know, we all know, um, putting this person over huge as being a skinhead warrior, um, and then he went on to talk <laughs> about just doing your best. And how he wasn't going to talk about certain things and just like shouting out different people in Toronto and just talking about how he had this fest going on. And people were just losing their minds. Losing their mind. And we had a TM that TM'd him in Australia. And I'm like, so, because like I've asked Maddie, like, what do you do? He's like, I just go out there. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to gotta fucking come yeah, up with a script eventually. And, yeah, you got to have stories. Like, and my that. friend who TM'd him was like, no, he just goes out there and just does it and just like vibes off the crowd. It's amazing to watch because wow. I'd love to see it. It's, it goes over huge. And like, it's, and he is, and I'm like, you know, he's now like a, I would say you got, what's his face? Uh, What's it? The dunk sauce dude. No, what's that guy's? Uh, with the, the frosted hair and the beard. Oh, Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. Oh. Emerald dunk. Lagasse. <laughs> Why did you call him dunk sauce? Because I think that's his shit. He's got like this dunk sauce that he puts on everything. Oh, okay. I thought, oh, like the guy, the bam. No, that's that Emerald Lagasse. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. But like him, you know, <laughs> Julia Child. Like you got like. No, no, no. Anthony I, Bourdain. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. What's Anthony the guy? Bourdain, uh, right. David Chang. You've got like a bunch David of. David Chang. You've right. got like a bunch of like yeah. celebrity chefs. Yeah. Matty yeah. Matson is in. He's that in with those. That league. Conversation eh? now. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, so because I, he's I the only one who would have that. 
uh, appeal of a certain kind of this, you know? of this new especially age, yeah. without uh, now with Bourdain uh, you know right if you uh, and if you gone. go through social media metrics I guarantee his stuff is there like Jamie Oliver like these are the type you've, of people you've been on a show of his or something you've done something yeah we've done him. we've done lots of stuff together. have you guys eaten together oh yeah I used to eat at his restaurant all the time so tell Parts me about labor. that he's the he's like he, you know that's the thing about that dude he is it's like what we we're talking about like when you're at the show. And you see that guy, and he's just got that right. personality. You're like, damn, this guy's hilarious. Right. And yeah. he's that dude and, and found a way to make nice it work. Also. And he yeah. also can cook. Yeah. Like, that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. He's got, like, a real skill. But, like, once again, it's these people at these shows. Like, punk rock, hardcore specifically, DIY culture, mm-hmm. is it's such a magnet for, like, interesting out, people. Out, outside of interesting people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's true. And um, How many people ha- who are so interesting and, and really outgoing... Nobody knows as well. There's that yeah. flip side as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, There's so many people that we all know were like, wow. Well, that, that guy a, I mean, uh, walks know. into the room and owns it and then well, yeah. I, nowhere to be found. That's why I have A.L. Sr. on my podcast all the time because he's just an interesting person. And I think in, that's... Yeah, he's, he's someone who... But he deliberately took a... A really different but that's route. most of the time the case i mean we both know like you have a we both have a, a mutual friend very good friend of yours you know ken like he's he's got a great wealth of knowledge yep. you know and is i would say that rivals but he's not a performer i al is actually a performer yeah and actually i saw allison baker who we all know uh, last week oh and yeah we, she we, told me about it we were talking about she was here no, no we played at oh, bottom yeah, of the hill there, in San of course, yeah, yeah she loved it man she oh was, my god the, she loved your show so much <laughs> well, she is like one of the like the true legendary punk rock people in me in Toronto that's yeah. really cool yeah and she's been on Turned Out of Punk oh yeah like, and Nick Flanagan Weekly, weekly uh, yeah. which did we do a solo episode yet we've never done can a solo can I lock you in oh 100% can I drive you to my house and we just record one right now yeah depending on what time we finish <laughs> I have kids to cook dinner for. You can come over to my house and cook uh, while I cook dinner. Uh, <laughs> I gotta have uh, I gotta have dinner with my mom and sister and okay. her boyfriend, Tanya's sister. Partner. You know, Nick's sister and I went to school together. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Have you ever met Nick's sister? Never. She I've is never the met fucking a... coolest. I've never met a <laughs> she sister. She is super, super awesome. I've only met your mom a few times. That's oh, it. Oh yeah, you've come over and said hi to my mom and Manny the cat. The cat. Yeah, I met cat. cat. I met your mom. But your sister, like, we were in, uh, like, a really small women's studies class together right. in university. Oh, really? Oh, And so okay. it was, like, very few of us. In the, and so, we, you know, not that you get to know anyone super, super well in school, but, like, I got to know her. And then one day she's like, oh, I think you know my brother. Oh, no, I think I looked at her name. And I'm like, oh, I know yeah. a Flanagan Nick. Yeah. She's like, oh, that's my brother. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. How's this not come up till now? Well, you know, frankly, I, I don't even know if she's ever mentioned it to me, which is very odd. <laughs> but, you know, this is our family. We have secrets and, you know, this type of thing. I'm not like, this is not a secret. Like, Lauren and I were. She, I'm sure she's told me. Yeah, right? I'm sure she's And, and uh, that's so great. Yeah, Sarah's an interesting person. And maybe someday she could be a guest on uh, your podcast, Danko. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you may, maybe, yeah. I mean, but you have just to be there. I just thought I would I thought it was like first time meeting. She shows up at your door, like, "Hey, I'm Sarah, Nick's sister." Yeah. Like, oh, great. Do you want a coffee? Sit down. Yeah. So, what do you, so what do you Nick. Do? So Nick. Well, it's like I just had Linda Ramone on the podcast, and the whole oh, time yeah, I'm like, I gotta, yeah, "Don't I talk about fucking Johnny. Don't talk about fucking Johnny." How can Johnny. you not? It's I know. Just, did he come up? Oh, of course. Well, you know, I had dinner with her when I was sixteen, right? Yes, and, I and Johnny that. Ramone, right? And, and yeah. that was like, 
one of the most important moments of my entire life. So of course I like wanted to talk to her about it. Yeah. Um, How can you? Know? I don't think it affected her in the same way, to be honest. Though. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. food gives she sustenance. Wasn't call Wait, in the moment. Yo, that sixteen-year-old kid that I did it with in L.A. all those years yeah. ago. Oh my God, you changed our lives so much. Johnny never stopped talking about you after that day. You know what? We yeah, were gonna k- that day. We were gonna kick CJ out, but then no, the band had broken up. Because okay. you know what he did? He broke down the Stern. Because I didn't. We didn't even have Stern in Canada. Howard or John? I saw Johnny CJ, Ramone. I saw that episode with Johnny. CJ, Ra- Johnny no, Ramone. Was, oh, CJ. It, it was Marky was a, and Joey. Oh, of course. Marky wears a wig. I've heard yeah. that one. Yeah, Marky wears nope. a wig. That's one of the classic well, that's a, moments. John, that's Stern. Johnny Rotten and, and Marky Ramone. Have you seen no, that? that one? That's late. That's more yeah, recent. That's recent. No, but, but the like Mark, Marky and Joey Ramone had more than one it was sort of a saga yeah, it, was like a on it actually thing. was on in canada at that time because i, I, I was it. i was blown oh, was away on by that point? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. i heard it i mean i, I mean it. part of why i fell in love with the howard stern show was just because like not only was he having sort of culturally current guests he was yeah. also was having this like, sort of because the 80s was such an odd time for you know yeah. subversive when he fucking loved you know? the ramones right well he looked like uh, joey ramone yeah, right like so him. it was yeah. this immediate thing but he did love the ramones as well and so it was uh, just like really interesting and weird to me, and of course he continued that by hiring Richard Christie of Death, and uh, yeah, all those other. Bands. He he was like he, John, Johnny was like, you think I'm ever going to do any of that embarrassing shit that those guys are doing? Never. You're never going to see me do anything like that. <laughs> going on talking about that shit. Why would I you might I he might totally say God did. bless Ronald Reagan at the end of. Uh, he totally did though. He found so. his own way. You know, well, he I was mean, he was like, but this, that's what he was talking about. Never picking up a guitar again he, in his life. Yeah, uh, he see. was like the star fucker of the Ramones, basically. Well, he was the you only know? guy that got to live it because he moved out yeah. to L.A. and hooked up with like Johnny Depp and yeah, Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie, Priscilla Presley. You got to hear the podcast. It's got some funny. Stuff. She's yeah, like, I, I do want to hear that. <laughs> the one. best story. She's I like, want to hear them all. We. She talked about ordering this fucking encyclopedia of movie reviews set for him that was like an institutional set that libraries would have and so <laughs> does not surprise you know, he would have this in the house she's like he just loved facts he'd love reading yeah. facts all day and she's like and Vincent Gallo would come over and he'd be like you know Johnny my favorite movie of all times this and Johnny would walk over the encyclopedia find the movie review and go <laughs> it got one star it was a piece of shit, according to Lennon Malton, according to this guy, according to this guy, and we and he'd laugh and we'd laugh. <laughs> so can you imagine being his friend? Did you read Johnny uh, Ramone's uh, book, Commando? Yeah, unflinching. I, it, it's I a great it, no. book with the one of those fonts where it's basically like a letter every page, so it's just yeah. like a really mm-hmm. quick read. Uh, quick read. She had to cut a lot out. She told me. Yeah, but his I can. <laughs> It's amazing kind of imagine knowing because his viewpoints are so yeah. harsh, obviously. Yeah. But every once in a while, this stuff creeps through, and you're like, you know, I think I like Johnny Ramone on some level. Like he he cover, you like can really what, tell. What, he, what point do you like? like what I think likeable? it's when you sort of realize that it's all the acrimony has ruined everything, but he's still. Is covering up some affection for especially Joey Ramone. Well, yeah, we talked you know, about it on the podcast. Yeah. They were friends. Like that's the thing is like the whole like obviously they hate each other, but like she's like he would send us a Christmas card every year. You know, like I'm like you guys, did you guys laugh on tour? Like they're, she's like, oh yeah, there were good times. Well, I think being in a band with someone else, it, it nobody on the outside understands. No, no one can understand that dynamic. Yeah, like yeah. why people end up hating each yeah. other. And and I've said this many times. It's sometimes it's just. 
because you you can't stand the way the guy chooses food at this point. Yeah, right. Like, no, like gotten to that point. Yeah. I, I love. <laughs> you sound like you're so angry remembering how somebody yes, chooses their absolutely. food. Absolutely, that's I, taken uh, from real life experience. There was one person who was in our circle, and I I just couldn't even stand uh, watching him eat at that point because. Mm. He, he, yeah, he didn't hold his cutlery. It was just a thing. But it was also because of all so much, right? Yeah. But if you're on the outside and you hear about me saying this, I'm a monster. Well, and you and JC found a way to work through it, right? And you're still in a band together. <laughs> it's not JC, though. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, like, no, but I understand. Sorry, when I hear, when you I hear, and your fan base found a way. To... <laughs> <laughs> no, He's actually just I hear, talking about it. I hear the, uh, I, I hear, like, tensions between bandmates. Yeah. And I hear lots of people on the outside taking sides. sides yeah. And, man, it's, there's, they it's not don't, worth it. You, know. you just... You're, there's no, I don't know how many jobs there are where you live with this person 24 hours a day. Yeah, yeah and no, then on exactly. top of that, you really depend on them. It's, you it, know, in you terms depend of, on them, yeah. and then you you argue. Yes, yeah. things. No, where it's, you it's don't family. Even, it's yeah, a, also, family's the only thing closer. Family yeah, or, or like a, a or like thing. a what sexual about relationship. Songwriting yeah. too. It's like on top of that, it's like some of you are like. Some people on tour are like, well, I'm like straight up not making as much money as like you and we're like living together, you know, and we're well, performing together. Yeah. I'm just but saying it, like yeah. that type of thinking sure. festers, you know, yeah, yeah. and and um, I was just thinking about this because I read, actually John Daly made it, tweeted this thing that I hadn't seen before about Joey Kramer from Aerosmith. And Joey Kramer. Oh, I had oh, yeah, no yeah, idea yeah, about yeah, any of this that. shit. Okay. I've read his book, Hit Hard, great book. You read that book? Oh, it's great. It's written ah. by Ratso Sloman, I think, from who wrote the uh, Private I've, Parts and stuff. Right, right. And um, I think, but anyway, it's it's. I know the name. It's the, a the great writer. Yeah, it's a it, it's it's a really good uh, distillation of exactly what we were just talking about. That dynamic that comes from being a teenager and meeting. You know, uh, Steven Tyler and just immediately having this sort of I'm not good enough for this, like actually, I hate to say it, like amazing, you know, musician that Steven Tyler was, you know, because he could drum, he could do everything. And um, Joey Kramer was the first Foo Fighters drummer. Are you saying Taylor? No, he was a second. Uh Oh, no. The first guy is um, John, who was from from Sunday Real Estate and he was in. Scream? Fuck, what was this hardcore band? No, no. Dave Grohl was in Scream. Yeah. I just, if you think about it, the Foo Fighters are the greatest hardcore band ever assembled. You right. Remember the yeah. Germs. You remember original. Original. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. When they brought in, yeah, uh, like, what's his Pat Smear. Pat Smear. Yeah. Pat Smear was in it from the very go. Yeah. Dave Grohl played everything on the record, but then Pat was in The it. first album he was yeah. in? He quit oh. for a while and then came back. Um, so so the story with, with Joey uh, Kramer, by the way, just is very quickly, is he was in some sort of a car accident. His, his wrist was messed up. Aerosmith was like, okay, cool, we're done. you're done. Yeah, you're yeah. not going to be good enough to do anything here. So we're going to go play the Grammys and stuff and take this Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. And like, I don't know, maybe you don't. They barred him from rehearsals. There was yeah. security that were barred. Yeah, and he wound up sort of negotiating that he got to do like photos and even the, the Walk of Fame thing, but he did not play with them. And he sued them. And then they were like, well... I guess you can rejoin us for tour, but 
Can you audition? So he had to re-audition for Aerosmith. But, <laughs> but Sabbath did there. that with Bill Ward. Kiss did that with Peter Chris. I mean, it's fair enough when people are older The drummer or position in a band is the most physical, yeah. right? And oh, as they get, trains. They're in their fifth decade or whatever. Yeah. It's, man, I, yeah, he's in his 60s for all sure. All Joe Perry has to do is move his wrist. Yeah. That's why Bill Stevenson, have you ever watched Bill Stevenson drum? He's a crazy drummer, man. He's the best drummer in the fucking world. And I he's went figured out show. that way to do like... Uh, minimal... Uh, where like, yeah, But it, like yeah. his hit counts as two hits somehow. Right. And like all this kind of stuff. So he can just like sit back in the mm. cut and still do it's flag. It's like those black, drummer, black metal drummers who do yeah. the uh, blast beats. Yeah. So, Damien, what's new? Nothing. I feel like we're an hour into it. Might as well see what's new. Yeah, we're 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 getting to that point. I what's mean, going on? I what are your projects you're doing these days? Yeah, let's yeah, let's, uh, let's lay it out. I'm, I'm just update with just uh, podcasting. I got really like I got a bunch an, of stuff going on in the background, but nothing like actually happening yet. I wanted to ask you. I would love to see a, a season two of Rustlers. So would I. I'd love to make one. The Vice. It was going on with you Vice. Did such yes, a great. You, you tell me. I don't know. I read all this stuff. The Vice is like becoming news only or something. Well, that's yeah. A, look, yeah. Listen, that was a great docu series. I think it was so well done. I've got to watch and it. so respectful of like culturally. It's like uh-huh. beyond the wrestling, which was in the foreground. Like you, you, you draped it with different cultures and different countries and different. Customs. It was great. Mm-hmm. I thank you. I, I like. It was the best year of my life making that show. It was the best thing I've ever done creatively. I, you know, being away sucked. I was away yeah. for two weeks. That's every the two only weeks. drawback. Yeah. But what you're left with, I mean, it for was, your family yeah. to watch. No, is exactly. Like, I was like, amazing. I came home and after every trip, I knew what I did was for something. And like, it sounds really, you know, I, I need to wear the privilege necklace now for this. But like, it sounds really ungrateful to be like. Sometimes when you're on tour, you come home and you're like, well, what was that for? Like, you obviously feel amazing in the moment. Sure. But, like, afterwards, you're like, yeah. right, right, I get you. What was that? Like, probably not different, that different than a wrestler coming home from the road. Probably wrestler, comedians coming back from the road. Like, you know, like, yeah. coming home, it's like there's a depression afterwards. But coming home from this, like, I come home and be like, well, now there's something. Like, that was, I was yeah. away, um, but I made this thing. And I didn't make shit. Like, Nathan well, and Jeff, Yuji, Colin. Well, I mean, the fact the is you got was, to yeah, have experiences every two weeks that were not quite vacations, but they were, like, passion oh, every passion day. vacations oh. in a sense. It's like it's like you were going, finding out, you were learning, which is, which is frankly, when I would go on tour, uh, the main benefit, especially yeah. in, like, Europe. And I know that... Once you do it a few times, you know, that kind of goes away, I would you know. But the West Coast to the U.S., I always find I have a fun, it always feels like kind of like a vacation just because of the way the tour is set up. Because Cal- California, Colorado. I'm, I'm California dreaming. A lot of cannabis. These days. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know, wouldn't it be nice to be on Venture of Beast? But but a couple but the wrestlers but the wrestling didn't thing, take you to like no, these kinds of no, and like, idyllic places. But yeah. like for the Congo and Ninevik, like places where... You you couldn't even if you like we were in settings like in the Congo we were in a really nice hotel right yeah. like in the Democratic Republic of Congo how was the internet speed uh, decent Good. you know like yeah. you didn't have phone service there there's no phone service there's no running water yeah. there's no garbage pickup right so anytime you wanted to kind of just be like fuck let's just enjoy it you'd be kind of hit with the reality of like fuck my cell phone is fucking up this country because yeah. of cobalt like <laughs> everything that's happening bad in this world. Is, is being fucked with out of the Congo first. Like, that's kind of like the entry point for, it? like... It just feels like that country has been Delished. ravaged yeah. by 
years of colonial violence and still is being ravaged by like people taking minerals and all sorts of things. So, you know, that was never a vacation, but at the same no. time, like, yeah. and there were times where I was like, this is, I wish I was just on tour right now. Like <laughs> we got kidnapped by a church kind of and like held for a while. And like that really? stuff was just like, Oh, Jesus is not fun. But like then when I was in Japan, Wait, every day was a vacation. I was yeah, in Japan yeah, for yeah. three weeks. Was the wow. church thing, is that covered in the show? Yeah, it's in okay. the show. It's like this whole thing where they won't let me leave. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, I but, thought it was just such a great docu series, and I'd love to see season two. I would love to do a season two. It's weird though; we kind of lucked out. We were at wrestling was it was the 1991 of pro wrestling, in the sense of like Nirvana was happening and and everything was exploding, like music. 1991, 1992. Oh, for the wrestling world. Yeah, yeah, for the wrestling. So it's world. exploded now. Is that it's kind of changed. It's like, like most of the people we featured are are signed. Now, by huge companies. Oh, I see, I see. Whole companies that we featured have been bought by huge corporations since then, or assumed by uh, larger corporations, because right. wrestling is now seen as this place for money. But because of that, conversely, we lucked out and got a lot of people at their very beginning of their career, or just mm. like the cusp of their fame kind of starting, and that have now become, you know, big stars. You know, right. like Darby Allen in the first episode, he's now a huge star for AEW. Phoenix as well, and like... Austin Theory, like a lot of these guys are on the way to becoming, you know, household mm. names. So right. it'd be a harder show to make now. It'd be a different show to make now because, mm. you know, it's it's changed a lot even in, what, three years? Your show sounds a little bit to me, and I, I can't wait to watch it. Where can we watch it? What's uh, the easiest way to do it? You sign up for this service called Crave. And it's on Crave. Oh, we've got Crave. Okay, great. <laughs> it's, it's on Crave in Crave Canada. is the on-demand service in, in Canada. Yeah, it's on. In, you can get it through Viceland. You can buy it on iTunes. You can get it through all these services. And in yeah, the U.S. A lot of times on YouTube, to get, too. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, but it seems like a comparable show would be the, uh, I think it's Netflix, uh, Dangerous Comedy. Have you seen Dangerous Comedy by Larry Charles? No. I was going to mention it earlier because it's so interesting. Yeah. I I did I saw Larry Charles get interviewed about it somewhere and I was like, hmm. And then I finally someone told me about it. It's not what I expected at all. You know, they go into serious places to and, and they get into mm. the sociological reasoning of doing comedy. So they talk to former child oh, soldiers that's great. in yeah. Liberia. That's cool. There's a really hard to take episode it, maybe two in in Liberia, and they don't pull any punches. And honestly, it's like after watching those, I almost didn't need to watch the season because I was just so overwhelmed by the history of Liberia, by by the wars there. General Buck Naked is like interviewed quite a bit in this this show, and then they go to Iraq, they go to mm. all of these different places, and it's not about comedians exactly. It's about like the reasoning, like like the how the environment somewhere can create what the comedy is how know? wild is it though that like this whole thing we're talking about that's all from vice right like, yeah. this whole style of of like journalism like granted in the beginning vice was very clumsy with it but like general yeah. buck naked that was a vice doc yeah we we saw that guy first in that doc mm -hmm. andy capper made you know and yeah. it's like it's wild like you know uh, no anthony bourdain was a big influence on it but even that anthony bourdain style show especially the show that it evolved into is much more of like a vice type show than what he started doing in the very beginning with yeah, no I reservations mean, i'm right. just wondering before even vice what was you know what there was that was similar to that cuz there were things like the Idi Amin documentary by yeah, uh, Barbet Schroeder yeah. and and uh you the, know, certain documentaries, you know, like yeah. Errol, not Errol Morris documentaries so much, but like there were some that kind of ventured into that 
insanity, uh, you know, in terms of going to crazy places. Yeah, Errol Morris, I think, is a great example of it. I think he, he kind of, you know, fanaticism. Like, you know, like, what's yeah. that one that he did, Fast, Cheap, and Out of Control? Yeah. It's about four short stories. And it's just about fanatics. People are fanatical about, like, different things. And yeah. I think he is, you know, and his son makes made stuff for Vice. Like, it's once again just like, you know, it always comes back to punk rock. Like, here's this, like, shitty punk scene out of... Uh-huh. Montreal. Uh, Montreal that might not have made this jump to TV if it wasn't for the person sitting across from us right now, Danko Jones. Like, I really think you have a huge role in Eddie Moretti. <laughs> Eddie was not introduced That's to Vice. Credit to JC. Well, credit to JC, but like, you know, I think credit to Danko Jones as a group more yes. than just Danko Jones show, as a person. But like, in yeah. New York. Yeah. Eddie Moretti met the guys from Vice at the Danko Jones show. Yes. You were staying at Sarusha's <laughs> house. Right, yeah, and yeah. You, he went to the show. JC said, "I want to introduce you to." And I don't know if you told me this or Sarush told me this originally. Someone, maybe both of us did. Yeah, because and I've talked to both talk, of you about it. The first time I mentioned it to you, you you were shocked. Yeah, so you must have told me, and then I brought and it up then, to him, yeah. and then because it's in his episode of the podcast, oh, we talked really? about it. Yeah. Oh, that was what I read. Sarush was on Vice. your podcast. Yeah. Oh, I missed that one. You like? You'll get a kick out of that one. Oh, the other one you got to see is Jesse Brown. Have you ever heard of the Jesse Brown one? No. Oh, that's a good I one. I have that downloaded. That's a good one, too, because I, yeah. it talks about when he worked at Vice. It talks right. about... like it, Because Sarush is someone that like we just used to call each other up yeah. in the late 90s and just shoot the shit for like 30 minutes, 60 minutes. We just shoot the shit mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and then, you know, they would come. They Then they moved from Montreal to New York... And then when we play New York, they would come visit their Toronto friends mm. in our, you know. Yep. And so Eddie Moretti was uh, JC's friend from Toronto. And he was, you know, he had studied in, he has a PhD from New York University. I think he was is going to NYU Is he from time. here, though? Eddie? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, from I, thought, I thought he was from, from New York. So this is where JC. If, so JC yeah. introduced Eddie to Sarouche. Really, wow. So, yeah, that's what happened. And Eddie was the kind of a key person. Like, that was the vice guy to heavy metal was when Eddie came on board, which was the uh, where they went to Iraq and worked with that metal band. Yep. Right. Sarush yeah. did that. Like, but, I haven't seen Sarush in, like, 15 years. And then she's You know, I still talk once in a while. Like, I haven't talked to him in about a year. Uh, but, um, yeah, like, it's just wild that these, these people did a zine. Like, how many people do we know that tried to start a zine? <laughs> like didn't even get past an issue. Yeah, yeah, but how many people do we know that had zines that are like wound up being like kind of amazing people, like Sharpling, Tom Sharpling, oh, eighteen yeah. Wheeler, and yeah. you know, just it, it just goes on and on. And it's funny when you would see the ones that were like glossy and really well put together, and you just go like, "Wow, this is like a high end zine." A lot of time, those would be people uh, made by people who are like present on some professional level, mm-hmm. doing kind of awesome shit. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely, in, in like. You know. The Vice first few issues of Vice were kind of zany. Voice, and it was like a newsprint. Was it Voice? I think it was yeah. after Voice when it was just starting to be Vice, though, because it was still Vice when it was it was still newsprint as when, Vice yeah, for Vice, a while for a long time, and it was zany and it was very local. First issue you know, I picked was, up was Voice. Yeah, and it went, a Frank Kozik cover. It had the blue dog shooting a yeah, gun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was that ninety six or something? Ninety six, I think. Yeah. Um, well, guys. Well. Well, We're, uh, so you've been doing the podcast. <laughs> so I've been doing the so podcast. So this is the update. Yes, yeah, Podca- so been- <laughs> podcast, and-, and and hopefully wrestler season two. Maybe I'd love to do it, but we'll see. You know, it's- what about you, Danko? Touring, and then um, working on a new record. 
more touring? How about you, Nick? Uh, podcast. Nick Flanagan Weekly. Oh. All right, so this is our almost yearly uh, episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like in my. This is like probably my fourth favorite time we've ever recorded one. <laughs> Third favorite, maybe. Third. Number one, Chris Jericho. Oh yeah. Number two, Duff McKagan, and oh. then this one. Wow, Ooh, that's pretty good. Though, Sorry, man. Nick. It's okay. I'm no Duff. You, I kind of think I would prefer to see Nick Flanagan front a band than Duff. There you go. Thank you. Because like, Nick Flanagan is one of my favorite front people of all time. I'm sitting with my two favorite Toronto front people of all time right wow. here. Wow. If we had Chris Callahan here, but he's not from Toronto, so I right. can kind of get away with just saying Toronto. Oh, like he's, Chris should be on this. Man. You've yeah, never had Chris yeah. on? No, no. Gotta have Holy him on. shit. Yeah, yeah. I should have him on. you got to have him on. He's but been he's on. not in Toronto, right? Yes, he is. Oh, he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a cabin in the woods he goes to. I'll hit him up next time I see him at the oh, rehearsal space. Yeah. Did we do a second interview that was for some kind of bonus content? I know I should. No, we did one it. at your show. We at your house. Oh, yeah. No, the three of us. The three yeah. of us. And then we did one here just before it with the three of us. Everybody listened to all of these. And then we did. We still got to do the. I want to do the taupe one. And you got to come on my. I'm ready to do a solo and one. And we can talk about what you want to talk about. Well, with me, with me you're probably going to wind up with one of the three W's. Wental health. Wental health. Weed, wrestling, and records. Fat record spelling. <laughs> records. Records. Yes. Uh, well, what about, can we talk about um, the West Wing? The West Wing? Can we talk it's about... It's not one of my W's. I don't think I've ever seen an wings? episode. Wings? like the food? Everything. I'm, I don't even meet anymore. The TV show? <laughs> wings, the TV show. I think we've talked yeah, about more. the TV show. Because that right comes now. back to the best show. But you know, Brutal Nights uh, had a song called Wings, and it started... Uh, the first line of the song Wings, which is about chicken wings, is I've got a tapeworm <laughs> plus empty refrigerator. <laughs> so you gotta go. Alright, so uh, I'm gonna end it right here. I've got a tapeworm plus empty refrigerator. Go to the book. Look at the menu. My eyes got seeing items don't want to do. Someone named me is hungry for a chicken food. Thank you, man.